couple years ago, I was sitting down, uh, taking a break from my job at The Athletic Media Company, and uh, I was drinking a non-alcoholic beer from Athletic Brewing, and I thought, uh, hey, this this could be a partnership because I'm, I'm an ad wizard, and so I put those two things together, and took a couple years, but now I get to read ads for Athletic Brewing and uh, their non-alcoholic beers, and I'm excited about it. And I'm excited about it because I like the product. I like the product for a variety of different reasons. There are times where I'm uh, the designated driver, and that is, it's perfect for me. I don't feel like I'm, I'm missing out on a whole lot. There are also times where I'm not the designated driver, but it's going to be a long day of gabbing, and I don't necessarily need to have 10 IPAs in a row. So I will mix in an athletic, non-alcoholic beer, and I, I feel like I don't miss a beat, and it allows me to pace myself uh, the way I want to do it. It's perfect for beach days, music festivals, and baseball games, camping, late nights. Uh, they have a ton of different varieties. They have uh, light. They have upside uh, Don Golden. They have Run Wild IPA. They have a hazy IPA. They have summer seasonals. They've got a, a lemon Rattler ripe pursuit. I don't even know what a Rattler is, but now I want to try it. I feel bad that I haven't tried it. So this summer, ask for the only non-alcoholic beer you need to know, Athletic. Head to askforathletic.com to find it near you and use the code TA2024 to get 15% off your first online order. That's code TA2024 at checkout for 15% off. It's near beer, non-alcoholic beer, and it tastes Listen, I grew up with some funky ones. Uh, those didn't taste like beer. This tastes like this. This is good non-alcoholic beer. Uh, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. Over the weekend, mass violence erupted in the stands and spilled out onto the field in Queretaro's Liga MX match against Atlas FC. Felipe Cardenas is here to fill us in on what we know about the tragedy right now and what we don't know. I'm Alex Abnos from The Athletic, and this is Soccer Every Day for Tuesday, March 8th. First, as usual, it's your TV guide for today. All times are Eastern, and it's a big day in the Champions Leagues. That's right, leagues. There are two of them. First, in Europe, the UEFA Champions League, there are two games in the round of 16. These are the second legs of these particular matchups. At 3 p.m., they both kick off. One of them is Bayern Munich hosting Salzburg, Red Bull Salzburg. That game is 1-1 on aggregate. That matchup is 1-1 on aggregate, I should say. Brendan Aronson, of course, potentially playing a role for Red Bull Salzburg. Alfonso Davies, though, will not be playing a role for Bayern Munich. Julian Nagelsmann, the Bayern Munich manager, saying that he will still be out due to continued issues with myocarditis after contracting COVID earlier this year. There are no away goals in the UEFA Champions League this year, remember, so just on the off chance one team scores if Red Bull Salzburg grabs a goal that does not mean quite as much as it usually would have in past years. Kicking off simultaneously at 3 p.m. in the UEFA Champions League on big CBS, Liverpool versus Inter Milan. Liverpool are up 2-0 on aggregate in this one. Inter Milan just coming off a 5-0 demolition of Salernitana, 
but Liverpool is in great form as well. They beat Leeds 6-0 in the Premier League. They won the EFL Cup in PKs. I'm sure many of you saw that amazing shootout. They beat Norwich in the FA Cup, and they just recently got a 1-0 win over West Ham in the Premier League. So again, that game, Liverpool versus Inter Milan on Big CBS, and Bayern Munich versus Salzburg on Paramount+. Plus. You'll notice I said Champions League at the start of this, Champions Leagues. It's also Champions League time in CONCACAF in North America. New York City FC, the defending MLS Cup champions, get the quarterfinal first leg underway against Comunicaciones of Honduras. That will be at Wrenchler Field in East Hartford, Connecticut, and be broadcast on Fox Sports 1 at 8 p.m. And then at 10 p.m., Seattle Sounders taking on Leon, also on Fox Sports 1. All right, let's send it over to Felipe. Okay, live from the Atlanta airport uh, gate lobby waiting area, I have Felipe Cardenas with me. Felipe, you are on your way to Mexico to cover uh, a really, really tragic story, a, uh, let's just say, a, an incident of mass violence at a Liga Emekis game between Querétaro and Atlas FC. Um, this is obviously, there's been a lot of video going around social media, there's been a lot, lot lot of speculation about what is at play here, everything from the influences at play to the number of deaths to if there are any deaths at all. Felipe, at this, you know, you've been making some calls and obviously you're going to Mexico now to sort of find out more about the story. But what do we know about what actually happened at this match at this moment in time? Well, it's like you said, it, it was pretty horrific and, and just an overall tragedy for not just for Mexican football, for world football, for sport, for just you know society in general, for everyone that had to witness that. I think there's a lot that we don't know, like you said, officially. Uh, you know, sure. there are a lot of eyewitness accounts that are, are you know, fans that were there uh, that were victims, essentially, that were able to get out of the stadium safely that have reported, you know, family members or friends that were killed inside the stadium. Uh, the government has not uh, issued any sort of official death toll. In fact, they've owned the, the latest report was that there were 26 injured, uh, and several hospitalized, some in critical conditions, uh, but essentially they have not even reported one death at all. And so I think that's the biggest question that people have. Um, you know, I think, like you mentioned, if you could go to social media, and, and, and I don't recommend it, uh, but yeah. there are some pretty horrific videos that uh, it's it's hard to believe that no one came out of there um, w- without a loss of life. So what I've been able to gather just in the last few days over the weekend is that it certainly was a harrowing experience for a lot for everyone that was there. Um, I have spoken to uh, both one eyewitness uh, that was on the field, a photographer. Uh, he told me that it was just a regular game up until the, fa- the point where a fan from uh, the Querétaro supporter section um, ran onto the field and made it all the way to the other side where the Atlas supporters were. And that's when everything spilled onto the field. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's hard to know at this point if this was coordinated, but clearly these weren't just fans that had a random fight. Like it looks like these were essentially what well, in Spanish are called Bardas Bravas, which sometimes are you know affiliated to gangs you know this was gang yeah. violence within a soccer stadium so uh, like i said i think there's still a lot more to report and a lot more to know and, and that's why pablo maro and i are heading to mexico 
Um, what has been the response so far? And we're recording this on Monday afternoon, so there may be more to come uh, by the time listeners are listening to this. But as we sit here and talk right now, what has been the response so far from Liga Mekis and the two clubs that were involved in this game? So, of course, uh, if anyone that was following this on Saturday night, it was it was so hectic just to know what was happening and the fact that there the Liga Mex games continued um, throughout the night. You know that game ended. Uh, I think everything sort of broke out onto the field around six p.m. If I'm not mistaken, Eastern. Yeah. Uh, you know the one of the witnesses that I spoke to said that he left the field, the stadium around three hours later, and meanwhile there were still primetime matches going on. Uh, which was bizarre because this was obviously being it was well known that there was a, you know, a tragic event happening in Querétaro. So uh, every both clubs, uh, Querétaro FC and Atlas FC, gave statements condemning the violence. League MX uh, president uh, Miquel Arriola also gave both uh, a, a written statement and a, a video statement condemning the violence. Uh, essentially guaranteeing that there will be a, a, a thorough investigation to find out who was responsible, uh, why there was a lack of security, why the players weren't protected, why the fans weren't protected in a way that is uh, a custom in Mexico and, and just in any sport. Uh, and the following day on Sunday, there was a press conference with Liga MX president, Miguel Arriola, uh, club officials from Querétaro. Uh, and, you know, what's come out of that meeting essentially is a, a wait and see how bad the sanctions, and the punishment, and the consequences are going to be for Cadetto. It was their home stadium. There was a complete lack of security and essentially no, you know, police presence uh, for, for, for a stadium and a, and a crowd of that magnitude. And so right now, the what's being reported around the world, especially from on the ground in Mexico, is that you know, some of the sanctions could be Cadetto essentially losing the right to play in the first division. Uh, there's going to be heavy uh, financial sanctions as well. Uh, there could be, there's going to be a, an, there's an owner's meeting happening on Tuesday where the owners could unanimously, you know, vote to remove the current ownership group from Querétaro FC. And so a lot is unknown. What, what was um, essentially determined by the president of Liga MX was that for the time being, uh, no away fans can travel uh, to the upcoming matches until further notice. And of course, I didn't mention, but the next that the Sunday, Sunday games were canceled as a result of the violence. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You mentioned all these sanctions that could come down on the individual clubs. In your opinion, and obviously we don't know this yet, is there a chance that this could have an impact on the Mexico national teams? Of course, there's you know a huge World Cup qualifying window comes up. Coming up, uh, you're set to be going back to Mexico City to cover that game, the the Mexico-USA game and and Mexico games uh, afterwards as well. Is there a chance that those could be held maybe behind closed doors? Or is this solely a a Liga Mekis problem as far as you uh, can tell? From from speaking to two people over the weekend, you know, I spoke to a source, uh, a league source, who when I brought up the fact that, you know, is this put in essentially the 2026 World Cup in danger. You know, we're four years away from that. But he sort of scoffed yeah. at it. Like, he he thought that that was uh, pretty far-fetched. Uh, but clearly, his at the time, like, what he told me, the source, was that we shouldn't be talking about this. This is a societal problem. There was a, a tragic loss of life. Like, no one really is thinking about the bigger picture at this point. Uh, but clearly, from just an image perception standpoint, like, this is yet another massive just black eye on on mexican football you know we've we've thoroughly reported you know the the homophobic chant that the federation is trying to get rid of they've done everything in their power essentially i mean you can argue whether or not that's true but they've done a lot to get rid of that chance yeah uh and and now uh this is just another stain uh i think what i will say even without having spoken to sources but then when i did and sort of confirmed it you know no one said hey this is happening a lot in Mexico, you know, this was a, a tragic event. It's not something that they see weekly. There have been brawls, you know, there's, there's been fine fan violence. No, no, there's never to this sort of escalation. So uh, the Federation is going to have to come out and talk about this and guarantee that, especially coming up with this big match against the U.S., that the Estadio Azteca will be fully um, secure, especially for traveling American fans that will be there. Uh, and I'm sure we'll hear from the FMF president, John De Luisa, about the 2026 World Cup. He has never shied away from talking about that and talking about everything that the Federation is doing to secure that host uh, role and to make Mexico uh, a premier uh, World Cup host uh, in, in, in four years time. Well, I'm sure we'll find out uh, a lot more about what happened in this in this tragic situation and how it all went down uh, once you're actually there. Felipe, safe travels, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you uh, at some point in the future about this. Thanks, Alex. Elsewhere in soccer news, FIFA is allowing foreign players and coaches to temporarily leave Russian and Ukrainian Premier League clubs and sign for new teams following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. FIFA says that, quote, players and coaches will be considered out of contract until the 30th of June 2022 and will therefore be at liberty to sign a contract with another club without facing consequences of any kind, end quote. 
FIFA also added that players must, must register with any new clubs on or before April 7th and are allowed to do so even if the registration window for teams has closed in that particular league. Clubs are entitled to register a maximum of two new players using this exception. Soccer Every Day is produced by Mike Zimmerman with help from John Hayes. You can get ad-free versions of the show by subscribing to The Athletic, and you can subscribe for $1 a month for six months by going to theathletic.com slash soccer every day. Thank you so much for listening, and happy soccer to you all.